0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution, Major League Soccer, and the U.S. National Team on WNRI AM 1380 and streaming live on the internet at WNRI.com. Brought to you by Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now, Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue.
2: Welcome to Revolution Recap in this special edition of the show uh, coming to you right before the Revolutions match against Santos Laguna in the Superliga. That match kicking off at 8 o'clock, so... If you're listening to the show, uh, obviously at Gillette Stadium, possibly listening on the radio, or if you're at home, you can turn on uh, Telefutura right after the show to catch the game. Um, the Revolution having a pretty busy week. On Tuesday, they played the Crystal Palace Baltimore of the USL Division Two, so basically the third division of uh, soccer in the U.S. Open Cup. The Reds putting out basically a reserve squad, plus uh, Taylor Twalman and Kenny Mansali up top. Uh, Kenny Mansali scored in the sixth minute. It looked like the Reds were going to cruise to an easy victory there, but uh certainly was not the case. Uh, Baltimore came right back 14 minutes later when uh, Dan Ladder scored in the 20th minute. And uh, really, after that, the Revs were on the back foot for the rest of that first half. Doug Warren made some big, crucial saves. And uh, it, it looked like Crystal Palace-Baltimore were uh, coming up, might come out on top of that game in the first half. But in the second half, the Revs changed a few things a- around uh, Chase Hilgenbrink, who, for some reason, started at uh, right back to start the game. I was a little confused about why that was going on. They had uh, Rob Valentino, who's usually a center back for the reserves, a uh, right center back on a three-man back line, a left back. And, uh, Chase Hilgenbrink, he's usually a left back at, uh, right back. And Chase, uh, didn't look too good in the first half, but, uh, they made the switch and he looked a lot better in the second half. I'm not 100% sure why Steve Nichol, uh, started the match that way, but, Clearly that was a changing factor there going into the second half for the Revs' defense looked a lot more solid. They looked better going forward as well. Uh, and overall took control of the game, but couldn't finish their chances. Kenny Mansali had a great chance that he should have put away and had a second goal. Taylor Twelman had a couple of great chances as well that he probably should have done better with. Uh, so the Revs had chances to win this in regulation time. Uh, went into overtime. They had uh, not too many chances there. Neither side really created much in the overtime period. Both teams looked pretty tired. And then it went to the penalty shootout. Uh, and the Revs came out on top. Chase Hilgenbrink scored, uh, Kelly Dubé scored, Chris Tierney scored, Amici Igwe scored, and Casser all scored for the Revs. And uh, then Doug Warren made a crucial save in the fourth round uh, to give the Revs the win in the shootout. Uh, but we did talk to Steve Nichol that night about his thoughts on the game. He was pretty happy to see his reserves come through. Uh, and But he also thought Crystal Palace deserved some credit for their performance in the match. And we do have his comments.
1: I mean, could you guys have put some of those away that Tierney
3: was putting in there? Yeah, no, I put some great balls in, and obviously um, we certainly like to finish it in 90 minutes. But you know, we didn't capitalize on some of the some of the chances we had and some of the good balls that went in. But again, give them credit, you know, they did they did put us under some pressure at times with the, the speed up top. So.
4: Does it seemed like it took you guys the first half to kind of adjust to their speed, and then once you realised what they were bringing, it seemed like the second half they didn't get as many lookings.
3: Well, it's, I mean, it's, it was more about, you know, if we had if kept, kept moving the ball quickly, then we were always going to make chances. And, and whenever we didn't move it quickly, then it gave them a chance to, to get it and get it after us. So it was really about, about doing that,
4: doing it better. I mean, but even still, like, they didn't really put you under much pressure after that first half. I mean, they had that spell well, in the first half, yeah. and then well, I think here and there on the break. I think, obviously,
3: physically, you know, they, they've they done the traveling, and, and obviously, you know, we had, uh, we had an edge as far as physical fitness was concerned. So, you know, kind of a bit of that, and, and, and obviously, us trying to move the ball better. You should stay with uh, the same lineups uh, for semifinals, or are you going to go for to get the starting line the line No idea, that's me four weeks. Four weeks, long way off. I have a
0: hypothetical question.
4: Have How a... would you have gone
0: over if you didn't win?
4: I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Important that you guys get through this game, you know, with Super League coming, coming up. Just no injuries, no... nothing. Yeah, exactly, I mean,
3: well, it... no injuries and, you know, as I said, it's good, it's good for some of the young guys to... To get exposed to, you know, playing is the supposed favourite and, and all the other things that go along with it, uh, to play up in the cup, you know, for real, and, and just all that stuff, you know, it's good for, it's a good, good experience for, for all the young guys. Was it good to get Tom there? the, the uh, extra medicine there, and I just, uh, something not uh, too big uh, Yeah, no, he, he needs, he needs time on the field, and... We certainly got more time we could have wished for tonight.
4: What's the most important thing for a goalkeeper to remember when he to into
3: penalty Well, I think goalkeepers, you know, if they can, if they can read, read the players' body language as much as anything, as far as you know where he's going to go. Uh, if he can, then obviously you get an advantage. But that's not always the case. What was your reflection on the uh, regular point of play
1: during the regular portion of the game?
3: Well, we had some chances and um, we'd like to, you know, put someone in my way and, uh, you know, finish it off probably 45 minutes ago, but we didn't. Um, so we ended up having to do it on penalties. But, you know, that's okay. what cop tie all about And we're uh, through the next round. That's uh, a pretty, there's a new uh, ball club over there like I think they kept fighting back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're proud of that. We like to think that's the kind of guys we have in the, the show tonight that we do. We took that 1-0 lead in, and these guys could have backed down a little bit. They came out swinging, huh? Yeah. No, credit to them. You know, They could easily crumble, but they didn't. They came back strong quickly and, and equalized and made it hard. So, it like All right. made some pretty big saves to keep a tie. I mean, he, made, he certainly made a couple in the first half. Uh, second half, I think, you know, we pretty much kept them away. Um, and that's why we ended up going to penalties. We couldn't score, and neither could good.
2: And again, that was our uh, Revolution head coach Steve Nicol on uh, the Tuesday night's performance with the win over Crystal Palace, Baltimore. Uh, as you heard, Frank Delapa ask him there uh, what lineup he'd be playing in the semifinals. The we will be playing DC United on August twelfth in DC at RFK Stadium uh, in the semifinals. So. I'm not sure the revs are going to be able to get away in that match with playing the reserve team if they do hope to advance. should be interesting to see what lineup he plays there. Obviously, Nickel not ready to decide that yet with uh, nearly a month away there, so that should be an interesting thing to look forward to. Uh, But the revs did come out on top of this match. Uh, Kenny Mansali, obviously, as I mentioned, in the sixth minute had the first goal. Brandon Tyler, uh, who was playing in the center of the midfield, made a very nice pass to Mansali, threw ball there, beat the defense. Mansali uses his, his speed that really caused the defense problems all day. Uh, and we do have comments from Mansali on what he saw in that goal and uh, the physical defending of that team and playing with Taylor Twelman up top.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good goal, you know. So they put the ball from the midfield, then I see the goalie was starting, so he didn't come out early, then I tried to beat him to finish it easy. Yeah, I think it's a good goal for me.
1: When, when um, you scored... We felt that, well, that's probably going to really put the other team into a, you know, they're not going to recover. But they did pretty good, didn't
0: they? Yeah, because they, this team are a good team, you know, because for me, uh, I supposed to throw another goal, but unfortunately I couldn't make it. But this team, you know, they are a good team, right? I know, So they are very good.
5: Were they were they more physical than you expected, Crystal Palace?
0: Oh, I didn't think so. They are physical like that because you know always you think USL team or you know this team, you know they are not much strong. But when we come, you know we see they are different, you know. So
6: seems like you're combining really well with Twelman up top
0: there. Yeah, yeah, it was good, you know, because he's an experienced player, you know. He used to talk to me, you know, so anyway, I'm running, you know, he's behind me talking to me, so he used to help me a lot, you know, so I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> it seemed like your speed caused the defense a lot.
0: Yeah, my speed helped me a lot, you know, so that's why I scored
2: that goal, you know, so thanks. Again, that was Kenny Mansali, who did score the Revs' only goal in regulation time there. Mansali um, so was eventually subbed out in overtime for uh, Kelly Dube, uh, who, as I mentioned, scored the Revs' second penalty kick in the shootout there. Uh, but it wasn't just the Mansali speed that caused uh, Crystal Palace's defense problems. Crystal Palace had lots of speed up top, too, and their their uh, speed caused the Revs a lot of problems in the first half. I think they might have uh, worn themselves out from attacking the Revs so much in that half, but uh, the Revs' defense did look shaky there. And as I mentioned, Chase Hilgenbrink was playing on the right side when he switched over to the left. Things change around a lot, uh, so it was interesting to see that move being made, and uh, probably not surprising after the first half, but you do have to wonder a little bit why they did start him off on the right to begin with. Uh, Cono Smith also started on the right side of the midfield there, and uh, as we know, he's got a great left foot and a lot better on the left, didn't look too good, uh, but that move made a little bit more sense because uh, Chris Tierney on the left side uh, was doing very well all game, putting some great balls with his left foot, made some great crosses that uh, Twelman and Mansell, he should have done better with him, probably should have had a couple more goals in uh, that regulation time there, but uh, the revs did come out on top, Doug Warren uh, got the opportunity to become the hero there, making that save in the shootout, and we talked to Doug Warren as well, and what he saw on that penalty kick, he did say that it wasn't a guess that he was able to read the guy, uh, and actually had been watching him all game and kind of figured out uh, how he was going to do in that shootout, so we do have his comments.
7: What, what did you see on that? TV? Did you read it while I was? yeah. I just kind of, uh, I just kind of had a feeling, and I, I knew he was going to be walking up to the ball a little bit slower than the other guys, and um, he had a spot, but I kind of, I kind of read it early. Making a stop
1: on that on that one guy. What's what's the key thing for you to see or do?
7: Uh, you just gotta hold. Um, you know, you don't want to make an early move. On the first one, I kind of went early, and um, I mean it just kind of takes the pressure off of the the player, the field player. Uh, so when you hold your line and you kind of wait, and then you react a little bit. Um, these guys just played 120 minutes, so. Their, t- their legs are tired and we uh, will just hold my line and wait for them to shoot the ball.
2: A little bit more uh, activity in the first half after you guys scored that first goal than your hope.
7: Yeah, uh, I think they, they just kind of threw the ball forward a couple times and they were trying to get in behind us um, but the guys in front of us did a good job uh, I mean, they, we, we controlled the game the whole time so they had a couple chances but um, I thought the guys
2: did well. Again, that was uh revolution goalkeeper Doug Warren, who certainly doesn't see a lot of time for the Revs with Matt Reese and how well he's done and uh really his lack of injuries and suspensions over the past few years. So uh, I believe Warren hasn't played a first team match uh an MLS play uh since two thousand five, but he's gotten the chance in the open cup, played very well in that game, really just kept the revs uh from being down at halftime where they really could have been down without a couple good saves from Doug Warren and then of course made the key save in that shootout there uh to keep the revs uh alive and get get them the win there. So Doug Warren put in a great performance, certainly showed, in, proven himself to be a great backup to Matt Reese. Uh, so it was, it was good performance to see these reserves get away with the win, and the Rebs are now fully rested going into the Super League match tonight, had a, having over a full week of rest their last league game on Friday, and the first team, of course, as I mentioned, not really playing in the Open Cup, so... Uh, should be fully rested and should be ready to go for this game. We are going to take another quick we are going to take a quick break here and then we'll be back with a few more comments from the Open Cup and then we have uh some comments from the team on this upcoming Super League match tonight.
1: Looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. National Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back
2: to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue. I just wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, some of the other results um, on Tuesday night in the Open Cup before I get to the rest of these audio clips we have from uh, the postgame comments from the Revs and also from Baltimore's president, uh, Pete Med. Uh, but the, the other results there was, of course, the quarterfinal, so four matches going on. Chicago Fire played DC United, uh, in DC. The Fire got off to an early 36 minute lead. Uh, looked like they were cruising there, and then Jaime Moreno came on and kind of changed the game around. He had an assist on DC United's first goal, where Francis Doe scored, uh, to make it 1 1 and tie up the game. And then Brian Namoff scored off another Jaime Moreno assist, uh, in the 99th minute there in overtime. Uh, so DC United coming away with a 2 1 victory. Uh, over the Chicago Fire, and that's why they'll be playing the Revolution in the semifinals. Uh, and then the other two matches, there were two upsets that happened um, on Tuesday night as well. The Charleston Battery, who of course we've seen the Rebs play in the Open Cup in the past, uh, certainly a good team there, took on FC Dallas. This game at Pizza Hut Park, so Dallas had the home field advantage. Dallas actually played what was pretty much their first team. Uh, it seemed to me that it was their best 11 that they had available. Um, so looked like they were taking this match very seriously, um, but fell behind in the 28th minute uh to Charleston and then another goal in the forty third minute so they were down two nothing at halftime, really got dominated by Charleston at home. Uh and then Charleston took it a three nothing lead in the stoppage time of the match uh before Dallas finally pulled him back in the fourth minute of stoppage time on Kenny Cooper. Really the game was over at that point though. So Dallas fell three to one uh to the Charleston Battery. Charleston moves on to the semifinal there, where they'll take on the Seattle Sounders, who actually upset the Kansas City Wizards. Seattle though did have home field advantage. Uh Kansas City playing a pretty strong lineup, not necessarily uh the hundred percent first eleven though. Uh, certainly not as strong as Dallas's lineup was for them. Uh but they took Seattle all the way to penalty kicks and then Seattle came up on top 6 to 5 in that one. So two USL First Division teams will be in the semifinals and guaranteed one of them will be in the final which hasn't happened in several years now. So uh, if the Revs do advance past DC United, uh, they won't have to play another MLS team uh, to win this tro- trophy which the case was last year the Revs only needed to beat one MLS team to win the Open Cup final and they did. Uh, so we'll see how that works out for the Revs this year. Certainly some interesting matches on Tuesday and I'm sure there'll be some uh, more interesting ones coming up. Always uh, always keeps it interesting in the Open Cup. Uh, but I did want to get back to the Revs game a little bit. Uh, as we mentioned, Twelman went uh, 120 minutes, and then in the last minute there, uh, picked up a little bit of an injury and was subbed out for Castro. He looks fine, though. He's been practicing all week. Uh, good chance he's going to start tonight. Uh, we talked to Twelman, though, last night, talked on Tuesday night, uh, asked him a little bit about what it was like playing up top with Kenny Mansell. It seemed like they were combining well. Uh, in the physical defending, really, of uh, Crystal Palace Baltimore, as well as uh, what he expects in the upcoming Super League matches?
5: Yeah, I mean I don't think they crossed that field unless they were on a counter attack. So that was obviously so we knew it was going to be a struggle to trying to get chances, and which is why I think we had a lot of long range shots and not a lot of quality, but I uh, asked heaps too because he was in the stands. There definitely that definitely was a penalty kick in the second half when across from Tierney,
0: yeah.
5: you know. But other than that, we didn't we couldn't get in front of the goal very much. Well, because you did have to set pieces that had some opportunities. Yeah, they're dangerous, but, you know, those are, like, half chances unless you're, mm-hmm. you know. You know, I think we had, Kenny had a rebound in the first half. That was a good chance. Yeah. We won. Apparently, said that you guys were getting held in there a lot. Well, it was, it was, I mean, we were kind of laughing about it. It was uh, I mean, not, I think it was number four in their team was hysterically laughing. I mean, he football tackled Sam Brill into me.
2: You know, what are you going to do? It's a good win. It seemed like you were combining it real well with all the other out there.
5: Yeah, it was all right. I thought it could have been a lot better, to be honest. You know, I think uh, Kenny and I are on different pages a lot of times, so I think it obviously could have been a lot better. But, you know, obviously we've got to win, and it's all that matters. But,
4: I mean, games like this are good, so at least you guys work those kind of keeps out, you know. Like, I mean, you really haven't had that much time to play together.
5: No, I haven't had time with any of them, so, you know. What
2: are you expecting from the game this Sunday?
5: I don't know, obviously I think Pachuca's going to be a very tough game, you know, uh, obviously they're going to keep the ball, I think playing on turf might be different for them, and uh, it's a home field advantage for us, so hopefully we win.
2: That was an all-time leading scorer for the Revs, Taylor Twelman, uh, who hasn't started a league match this entire year now uh, because of injury, he's got two starts in the Open Cup though, working his way back to fitness, certainly a 120 minutes in that game can't, can't hurt in that, in that sense, so... Uh, It'll be interesting to see if he ends up starting tonight uh, against Santos Laguna. I think there's a pretty good chance that that will happen, especially with Chrisman now finally getting the chance to rest. Chrisman, of course, has been playing very well, but he's been playing with a toe injury for the past couple months now. Uh, As I mentioned last week, I had talked to him, and he said that he would have been resting had everyone been healthy. So now he's finally getting that chance to rest. Uh, So that might open up an opportunity for Twelman and certainly probably some more minutes for Kenny Mansali as well. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see who gets that start tonight against Santos. I think the experience of Twelman in the Super League game, uh, certainly with the international experience he has, would be very valuable to the Revs. So uh, I would expect to see him out there uh, for some very significant minutes tonight. Um, going back to the Open Cup, though, uh, I mentioned Chris Tierney earlier. He played a very good game. He played a very good game the last uh, week, the week before, when the Reds beat Richmond 3-0. He's looked very good for the reserves as well. In the reserves, he's kind of played the Steve Ralston role in the center of a 3-5-2 formation uh, up top as the attacking midfield the midfielder there, but uh, for the first team in this reserve game, the Reds playing up 4-4-2. He played out on the left flank, looked very good there. His crosses were, his deliveries were pretty solid throughout the match there. Uh, probably a few more of them should have been put away. He should have had a couple of assists there, so unlucky there. Uh, but he did talk about, a bit about the physical defending of uh, Crystal Palace, and that's possibly some of the reason why he wasn't able to, why the Rebs weren't able to connect in some of those crosses. A lot of
1: balls in there. It looked like you guys could have won that game with the set piece.
8: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I thought that, uh, you know, whipping balls in was, was going to be the best way to go into this team because they were so uh, dropped off in their own half, and uh, you know, getting it wide and sort of trying to get them that way, I thought was going to be the best way to find a goal, but, um, you know, credit to their center backs, they made it real tough for uh, for Kenny and Taylor, our balls being whipped in, you know, they were being real physical, um, I was I was hoping we would have gotten maybe a, a little more protection from the referees, um, you know, it's tough to put the ball in the net when you when when you have two hands wrapped firmly around you. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's the way it goes, I guess. So, but, I mean, we had the chances, and,
9: uh,
8: and uh, you know, that's all you can really ask for. Eventually, you just got to hope that one goes in. So...
1: How do you guys feel about it? I mean, mostly you guys don't, are not first teamers out there and you're
5: getting
8: Yeah, yeah I, mean, uh, I mean, we train pretty hard every day uh, with the first team, you know, which helps us all a lot uh, because, you know, there's, there's nothing better for improvement than playing with the best players every day. If you look at our first team who's top of the league right now, um, you know, that's the best way to get better is playing with those guys. So, um, you know, even though we don't have as much game experience, you know, I think training really prepares us well and, uh, and, it, and as you you can see the reserves are can perform, uh, you know, in game situations just like the first team guys. Were they faster than you guys anticipated? Were they more physical as you guys anticipated? Yeah, they were, uh, you know, coming off the, the Richmond team, we tried to play a little more. They you know, more not as physical, but we knew Baltimore coming in was going to be real physical. You know, that's that's how they're going to try and throw us off. So,
4: you
8: know, the physicality of the game was definitely the hardest part.
5: Is it tough to play a game that you're not supposed to lose?
8: Yeah, I mean, you know, these teams coming in and, you know, sort of have nothing to lose. Um, you know, uh, beating the Revolution gives them, you know, makes their season. So um, it is tough,
2: but you got to get yourself up for the game like, like it would be a, a league game. Again, that was a uh, revolution midfielder who uh, usually turns out for the reserves, I believe has played a few minutes for the first team this year on one match, and that's always his first team experience outside of the Open Cup, uh, putting a very good performance there. Uh, certainly more depth for the Revs on the left wing, a place where they uh, haven't had a lot of depth in the past, so it's uh, great for the Revs to have him available now too, and as I mentioned, he can also play in the center. Uh, so that was Chris Tierney, the revolution midfielder, who put in a very good performance. Um, we also talked to Pete Med, the president of Crystal Palace Baltimore. Crystal Palace Baltimore, only in their second year in the USL, um, doing very well there and doing uh, very well in the Open Cup, getting an upset uh, against the MLS team in the last round to advance, actually beating the New York Red Bulls there, uh, well down a man for the majority of that match, too. So they put in a great great performance. Their coach can be very proud of them as a team. Uh, Pete Med was certainly happy to see how far they've come and uh, looking forward to doing bigger and better things. And we do have his comments now from uh, that game as well. So
10: the first half was uh, even. You know, we had our chances. They had their mm. chances, you know, sort of back and forth affair. Mm-hmm. Second half, I think they, they started to take the – you know uh, take the game um, from us a salute, you know and we were chasing mm-hmm. around in the second half but you know one thing our guys have or you know a lot of uh, pride a lot of heart and uh, you know we just stuck in there and you know we had a couple we were definitely waiting for the counterattack in that second half mm-hmm. and then uh, and, and in overtime and we created a couple chances and you go to PKs and it's just a coin flip.
4: I mean, it seemed like your pace really troubled them in the first half and it seemed like Ga- Brooks especially really yeah. just did a good job of getting in behind yeah, some problems, you know?
10: Yeah, uh, Gary Brooks got behind. Uh, Larry, Mark uh, got behind the defense a couple times. Matthew and Buda. Um, we... Kind of figured our, our speed would would catch them by surprise, so we wanted to go out real quick uh, in the match and try to try to get one or two early, you know, before they could adjust to it. Because if they don't, if you don't know anything about us and you yeah. come out and you see that raw speed, it, it can throw you off and. Uh, Unfortunately, we didn't get to capitalize on it. Yeah.
4: Well, I mean, you went down early after six minutes, and you're thinking maybe, oh no. And then, but you get that goal, and then all of a sudden, you're right back in it.
10: Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of veteran guys, and you know, we had a guy who played in the Premier League for three years. Um, a guy who played uh, Paul Robson. And mm-hmm. A guy who played in the J League, you know, which is you know routinely yeah. gets thirty thousand fans. So we have mm-hmm. some veteran guy, Gary Brooks, has been yeah. playing you know pro for for eight nine years. So we have some guys that are, are, are veteran, and we hung in there, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, unfortunately, we just came up a little bit short.
2: You've been alternating goalkeepers uh, throughout the tournament. Why why we out rolling the
10: tournament tonight? Um, actually, um, Matt Nelson had uh, personal stuff going on this, this week. Actually, his uh, brother got married. So he spent a little bit of time away from the club. Uh, we felt comfortable, you know, going with either one. And, and you know, Brian was, was in training and was sharp. And we felt real comfortable with him.
4: I think speed in the
8: first half, trying to overwhelm the revolution. With that speed, do you think you kind of, you know, kind of faltered in the second half as a result of just trying to go all out against the Reds.
10: Well, I think the the field uh, is huge. Um, I think that started to wear on us a little bit, you know, because they were keeping the ball, we were looking for the counter attack, and they were keeping the ball more, and we were chasing. We got a little tired. Um, that's kind of a vicious circle that you can fall into. But I think it was more uh, more of that, um, that we were chasing the ball a little bit too much second half. Looking back, you got to be proud of your team for making them this far uh,
6: in this tournament, just their second year.
10: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, I, you don't really realize those things as you're going through it, but I'm sure we'll look back. Um, and hope this. Hopefully, this can propel us to, to bigger and, and better things in our league. Um, we get the chance to play Crystal Palace each year, you know, for uh, our parent club, um, and hopefully we do well against them. But you know, I, hopefully people know who Crystal Palace USA is now that, that we exist, we're here, and, and we're we're a good club.
2: And again, that was uh, Pete Med, the president of uh, Crystal Palace Baltimore. If you're not too familiar with the USL Division Two, uh, that is basically the third division of American soccer. Uh, the United Soccer Leagues ha- has the Division 1, uh, which teams like the Rochester Raging Rhinos, which I'm sure Revs fans are familiar with from uh, their past history with the Revs in the Open Cup, and of course the Charleston Battery, Seattle Sounders, two other teams that are going to be in the semifinal this year. Uh, and then Division 2 ha- has teams such as the Western Mass Pioneers, uh, which you might be familiar with if you live out. Uh, in the western part of Massachusetts, and of course they play at the Lusitano Stadium in Ludlow, where the Revs have played some of their Open Cup games in the past. Uh, so lo- lots of soccer teams out there in the United Soccer Leagues. They also hold the uh, PDL, a uh, couple of women's leagues, I believe, too. Uh, some some youth leagues as well, so uh, encompasses a lot of leagues there. And the USL Division Two is, as I said, basically the third division of American soccer. But uh, these teams obviously come in with a lot of motivation, uh, get going. You could certainly see that from Crystal Palace, Baltimore uh, against the Revs. So uh, they put in a very good show. We couldn't come away with a win, but uh, pushed the Revs to the limits there. And uh, it was certainly a good showing from them in just their second year. I think they showed well and expect good things from them in the future. Um, I did want to switch topics a little bit here. Um, I am going to get to the Super League after our next break, but I wanted to talk about uh, the other MLS games that have been going on. Of course, the Revs have no league games during the Super League period, so uh, they don't have to think about the MLS games, but some other teams uh, do, certainly the teams that aren't participating in the Super League. Uh, there were two games on Thursday. The Kansas City Wizards uh, at home beating the New York Red Bulls, uh, so that was a good result for Kansas City, who have really been struggling lately after what was a fairly good start, uh, but of course New York now not playing so well either. Uh, Kansas City now jumps ahead of New York in the standings, uh, tied at 20 points, but Kansas City has a game in hand there, so uh, good to see them get off the bottom, I guess, for their fans there after uh, what's been a poor couple of weeks from the Wizards. Uh, New York, uh, you got to wonder how long Juan Carlos Osorio has uh, after the short leash they've had on coaches in the past, but... Maybe it was a mistake to fire Bruce Arena after only giving him a, a year and a half to turn things around, you got to wonder there, because Asorio certainly hasn't made things any better. Red Bull's looking worse, I would say, even than uh, under Bruce Arena, so uh, interesting to see what's going to happen there with him at the bottom of the standings there. Uh, and then a Western Conference matchup on Thursday as well, of course, the uh, the rivals there, the Chivas USA and Los Angeles Galaxy at the Home Depot Center playing uh, tied 1-1, Ante Razov scoring first in the first half, and then uh Edson Bottle getting his 11th goal of the season uh in the 72nd minute to tie that up uh so those two teams now are tied uh at at second place in the Western Conference with matching 6-6 six, six, and 4 records so two Los Angeles teams uh really been playing pretty even this year uh again with a tie there so interesting in the Western Conference that they're in second with uh Still not a winning record. Not a single team in the Western Conference has a winning record right now. So I think we know where the domination in MLS has been coming from, and that's been the East this year uh, with the Rebs leading the pack. Uh, Another Western Conference matchup on Saturday, San Jose Earthquakes tying the Colorado Rapids. um, San Jose at home, but Colorado Rapids, uh, if they're going to get anything uh, going in this league, need to be able to beat a team like San Jose on the road. It certainly can do that. Uh, Colorado, good home team, solid home team with that home field advantage. Uh, but even at home this year, they haven't been as solid as they have in the past. So after a pretty decent start from Colorado, they're struggling now too. Uh, and then another an Eastern Conference matchup also taking place. Uh, last night, with Toronto FC losing to Chicago Fire at home. Chicago Fire, again, another team that's really been struggling, uh, but at home they've been playing pretty well, and at Toyota Park they came away with a 2-1 victory over Toronto FC. So now Chicago sitting in third in the Eastern Conference, uh, 24 points. The Reds, of course, with 33 points. Chicago, however, does have two games in hand, uh, but they have not been playing anywhere near as well as they were at the start of the season. So it'll be interesting to see if they can come back, certainly putting some pressure on the Reds with that win. Uh, but, again, uh, the Columbus Crew playing as well. Uh, they're playing in Salt Lake. They lost two to nothing to Real Salt Lake. So Columbus. Um, had two games in hand on the Revs and six points to make up. Uh, could have caught the Revs in those two games. Uh, now they've lost to Salt Lake. They only have one game in hand and six points behind. So that means no team in MLS can catch the Revs' point total after just 17 games. So Rebs certainly in a great position heading into Superliga, League. Uh, in the driver's seat, wants to get back into MLS action. Uh, so really excellent results pretty much with the exception of the Chicago result. Uh, last night for the revs uh, as they look to go into super league and hopefully retain their first place position throughout it after their great first after the great results uh, through the first half of the season we are going to take another quick break here and then we'll be back with uh, some comments on the superliga that we got on uh, practice on friday <laughs>
1: National Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. Looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine, and SoccerNewEngland.com, covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380.
2: Welcome back to Revolution Recap. We're just about 22 minutes away from uh, the Revs kicking off the Super League action against Santos Laguna Uh, should be a very excellent match. Uh, As I mentioned, we're going to have some clips coming up with Steve Nickel, Michael Parkhurst, and Steve Rawson that we talked to uh, about the game. Uh, Interesting to note when we talked to Nickel that uh, the Reds certainly haven't been viewing uh, any video of this team. Nickel did get in touch with his contacts, got some videos, um, found out some information about that. But the team as a whole, it sounded like, uh, would not be... You know, doing too much scouting on this team. The, the players didn't seem to know too much about Santos Laguna, and it looks like they were preparing for this match just as if it was any other match, uh, focusing on what they're going to do and not really worrying about what Santos Laguna is going to do. And that should be interesting to see how that works out because Santos is certainly going to be a different style of play than they've seen in MLS. Uh, they're a team that plays a 4-4-2, known for their attacking fullbacks, uh, and that's something that can really stretch a defense in a three-man back line. Uh, going to require the wingers to do a lot of extra work uh, maybe the forwards are going to need to to pull wide, uh, as you'll hear from Michael Parker suggesting. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. For course, Santos Laguna are the reigning Mexican champions from the uh, last Mexican competition there. And then the Revs on Wednesday will be facing off against Pachuca, who are the reigning North American champions. No easy group for the Revs. And then, of course, the MLS team in their group, Chivas USA, uh, as I mentioned, in second place in the West. Uh, actually, the best record of any of the MLS teams, other than the Revs, in this tournament. So, uh, with the exception of DC United, who have an equal record at 22 points. Uh, so, th- no easy group here for the Revs, and the Revs will have to be playing that game against Chivas away. Uh, but the news that Brad Guzan, it sounds like, is heading to Aston Villa uh, in England is going to be a very, very interesting thing to see how that affects them because. Uh, Guzan has been such a great goalie for Chivas over, over the years since he's coming there. Uh, that could really hurt them and maybe give you know, the Reds a big edge in this. Uh, I don't expect Chivas to do too well in this tournament if Guzan is uh, not there with them. So, certainly something to keep an eye on there. Uh, but getting, going ahead to the Revs game tonight, we did talk to Steve Nickel, uh, what he's, what he's looking forward to doing this game tonight, how he thinks the Revs will match up, and also, uh, how excited he is to be going to the All-Star game and have, uh, three of his players in the First 11. We haven't mentioned that yet, but, uh, Matt Reese, Shari Joseph, and Michael Parkhurst all selected as the MLS First 11 in the All-Star game, which will take place in Toronto against West Ham, uh, with Steve Nickel as the coach. So we do have Nickel's comments on, uh, that and more, and we'll play them now.
3: You know, the most important thing for us is what we do and you know we'll we'll go out and be solid and strong to begin with and uh, and see what we're facing. You know, we're not we're not gonna go and do anything stupid and and open the whole field up and let them let them hit us. So, you know, we'll be we'll be cautious to start to we see what we're dealing
2: with. Is it different in Auburn how you would have prepared for the you know the open cup games against teams that you're not familiar with but obviously have more talent then? <laughs>
3: Um. To, to be honest, we kind of prepare the same for everybody. You know, there's basic stuff that you have to do. You know, how do they set up? Where do they play? You know, what are they good at? What are they bad at? I mean, so you're kind of doing the same thing with with most of the teams, whoever they may be. So, what are you expecting for these games? How do you think you're going to match up against these two teams? No, well, we think we'll be we'll, we'll match up well.
2: You know, it's going to be tough, but you know, it's going to be tough for them as well. And Santos is a team that I uh, kind of known for having their fullbacks get forward. Is that kind of difficult to defend against in a 3-5-2? Well, like, uh, again, if if we take a, if
3: everybody has the responsibilities and if they, if they if they do their jobs, then we'll be able to cope with it, whatever it is they throw at us.
6: Excited
2: to be coaching the All Star team and have uh, three of year. Players in the
3: first eleven. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's a great honor, and I'm I'm looking forward to the to the game. About at all about who else you're going to be bringing yet? Yeah, but obviously uh, that'll be that'll be putting the press probably in the next three or four days. Um, but I do have a fair idea there.
2: Again, that was uh, Revs head coach Steve Nickel looking forward to the All Star game in tonight's matchup against uh, Santos Laguna. Um, there were two, two uh, Super League matches last night, uh, as well as the MLS games. Uh, these matches, of course, in the Group A, not the Revolutions group, so uh, not affecting the Revs right now, but uh, could play a part in who the Revs see uh, should they advance in this tournament. Uh, Chivas de Guadalajara... Uh, played D.C. United in the first match last night. Chivas really dominating the opening of that match, coming away with a goal in the 24th minute, and then another goal in the 72nd minute uh, to take a 2-0 lead. Then Luciano Emilio brought one back in the 76th minute, uh, and then a little bit later in the match earned a penalty kick. Jaime Moreno stepped up, who's been uh, so good at these penalties, uh, with D.C. down by a goal. Uh, actually saw his penalty kick saved, so D.C. lost that game 2-1 at home to Chivas de Guadalajara. Uh, that puts them in a kind of a tough spot, uh, going forward in this tournament, uh, needing to get some wins against uh, Atlanta uh, and of course the Houston Dynamo in their final group stage uh, match. So n- not a good result for DC there. The other match, a great result for the Houston Dynamo. Uh, they beat Atlanta four to nothing. Really dominated this one. Uh, the only bad news for the Houston Dynamo is that Dwayne De Rosario uh, got ejected in the 44th minute. An Atlanta player too. Uh, Javier Munez uh, got ejected in the 44th minute as well uh so for some violent conduct there so that's going to be hurt, hurting the uh houston dynamo as they go and face off against the chivas de guadalajara side which looked very good uh against dc united earlier in the game i mean earlier in the night so that should be interesting to see how houston can continue if they can get another <laughs> certainly a four nothing win over over uh chivas de guadalajara doesn't seem as likely uh so that should be interesting uh, going back to the Revs game tonight though, again, the Revs taking on Santos Laguna, and then following that at 10pm, if you're watching, uh, at home on Telefutura, you can see Chivas USA taking on Pachuca. Uh, if you're at the game, of course, you could tape that one, or it should be an interesting game to see how the Chivas matches up against Pachuca, who the Rebs will be facing on Wednesday. Um going back to the Rebs game, we did talk to, uh, Revolution defender Michael Parkhurst, who, as I mentioned earlier, was selected to the All-Star game, uh, and how it's gonna be to adjust to defending uh, against the Santos laguna team that they haven't seen before
6: i think both teams that we're playing have played friendlies against other mls teams this week mm-hmm. um so i'm sure they're getting some info um yeah. you know and they'll relate that to us uh, right you but know. you
2: personally haven't, had to, haven't seen anything
6: no personally no um probably won't sure. um you know so we'll have to go mm-hmm. on what they're given and then uh, adjust quickly as the game goes All
10: right Can you talk about your team's depth, especially when you're playing so many games? I mean, how important that's been for you
6: all this season? Yeah, I mean, it's bad that obviously guys have been injured, but, um, you know, it's been great to get everybody so much playing time. You know, early on in the year when we had so many injuries and guys were filling in and we were still getting Ws and, and strong ties. You know, we knew that was going to bode well later in the future, um, you know, in the futures now because we have so many games coming up. Um, so those guys have the confidence to step in and, um, you know, replace the guys that they're they're going in for and not let the level drop, um, you know, which is most important. I'm excited <laughs> to be going to the All-Star game? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, you know, obviously it's an honor with coaches and, and fellow teammates voting you, or fellow, you know, Players voting you, um, you know. So it's always a good time. Um, the festivities and um, everything going on around there. It's all about soccer. It's all about MLS. Um, you know. So it's always a fun time. And that Santos is a team that's known for
2: having their fullbacks you know, forward, forwards. That's something that's kind of harder to defend against in a three-man back line, or
6: yeah. Um, you know, it's something that we have to adjust to for sure. Um, you know, we have to get it sorted out and uh, you know make sure that either one of our middle guys is getting out or our forwards are. You know, it's positioned wide, so we kind of force them up the middle, which is our strong point. Um, you know, so we have to adjust, and, um, you know, we'll see how they're they're going to go at it, and we'll adjust from there. Should that also be something you can you know, take advantage of on the wings? Absolutely. I mean, if they're going to attack, then, um, you know, they're going to be vulnerable on the counterattack, and, um, you know, we feel like we've got some guys with some pace on the outside that, uh, you know, can can hopefully um, take advantage of that. Uh, the added motivation to be kind of a U.S.-Mexico uh, matchup there? A little bit, um, you know. You always want to win the international competitions, you know. Um, you know. It's it'll be it'll be fun to play against Mexican teams because you know it's tough to see how the leagues match up. Um, you know, obviously they've been a lot around a lot longer, and we're still trying to gain respect. So uh, you know, it'd be nice if uh, MLS teams can go out here and do well. You did have uh, one preseason game against the Mexican opposition. Was that kind of now, a little
2: bit of preparation for this, kind of help out a little bit?
6: A little bit, I think so, um, you know, just as far as their little tactics and, and falling and um, you know, how they deal with the referee and, and also you know, how they get numbers behind the ball. Um, they can string 20 passes together. We can't get frustrated. Um, we can't dive in. Just little things, hopefully, that we learned um, just playing that one game the team's still in the running for five trophies this year is, you know,
2: that, that's something exciting And is there any priority put on any of them or just taking one game at a time?
6: Yeah exactly just one at a time you know whatever comes up you know whatever the next game is we're going out there putting our best squad out there to win the game um you know it doesn't matter if it's um first team or, or reserve team whoever's out there we're, we're going out to win the game um you know and we want to win as many competitions as possible um you know it doesn't matter you know which one so uh you know, hopefully we can win them all but uh you know we know that's kind of going to be difficult with the amount of games but uh you know we'll give it our best how important is it to be going into this break in first place you know having no mls games to you know to get in the way during the super league so you can focus solely on that competition yeah it's nice that we took care of business and gave ourselves a little a little padding there um you know we know teams are now trying to fight up to gain with us you know while we're just sitting back and we're not sitting back and doing nothing, but we're, we're playing Super League, so, uh, you know, it's nice to have gotten that little edge, so we don't have to worry about, um, you know, catching teams when we come back into the league.
2: Again, that was, uh, Revolution Defender Michael Parker,
6: who was an all-star selection this year. Uh,
2: as you heard, I mentioned that the Revs played a friendly against a uh, Mexican Premier Division team. Um, earlier in, the, in their preseason, they played uh, Atlanta, who, as I mentioned, lost four to nothing to Houston Dynamo last night in the Superliga. That match very physical. The Revs losing one to nothing. Of course, the Revolution in preseason form then, uh, so you expect them to do a little bit better now that everyone's in their midseason form against San Jose Laguna tonight. Uh, certainly, as you heard Parker say, I believe that it was going to be a pretty physical match. Uh, usually against Mexico, that's what they're like. Uh, Mexican opposition, that's what they're like. Uh, their game against Atlanta got up into the, uh, double figures and yellow cards there. So, uh, don't think that's something the Revs want to see again, but certainly a possibility against the Mexican opposition. Um, speaking of, uh, Mexican opposition, we talked to Steve Rawson, who was just two, uh, two places away from being uh, selected to the All Star First 11. Um, in the midfield there. Uh, Rawson has played against Mexico for the U.S. national team in some big games. So he has plenty of experience against uh, in these tough U.S.-Mexico matchups, uh, be it with the national team or with the club team. Uh, and the Revolution captain has played so well for the team this year. Uh, we talked to him on Friday as well to hear his thoughts on the upcoming game.
10: Can you talk about your depth this season I mean, and the, the amount of games you guys are playing and, and how important it's been to have people as I mean, in years past, do you recall a season where you've had this kind of depth?
9: I don't think so. I think this is the deepest we've been. I think part of that is because we've had so many injuries and national team call-ups and things like that, where guys are getting um, given opportunities to play and have done well. So, um, in the long run, I think it's I think it's it's good for our team to have uh, have those guys experience, get their feet wet, and they've done a great job. So, mm-hmm. I mean, especially with all the games we're this year, with the Open Cup and the regular league and. Superliga uh, and the champions cup, wherever, all these games we have, every race and needed this year.
2: Is it good you gotten all those league games out of the way early so you don't have to, you know, worry about any of them during the Superliga?
9: I guess. I mean still I mean, it's still a long season, we still have so much going on, we can't really we just kinda of out of you know, deal cliche one at a time and what we're doing, we're just kinda of approaching this week's game, preparing the same way we always do, so not really looking any further down the
2: road than that. Have you watched any videos of this game playing or not? I, I know nothing about them. Go, going against these two teams from Mexico, you haven't haven't played them at all. Is there anything you really do differently, trying to get ready for them? Or?
9: No, I mean we've we're doing the exact same thing. We're, you know, the weekly practice has been the same. I mean, I'm preparing uh, the way I normally prepare. So it's just uh, it's another game, and you know, we're going to try and go out and, and try and win. Um, obviously. You know, the Mexican teams play a little bit different style than than most MLS teams. They're you know they 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 pass and move really well. Um, you know, they're, they're crafty and smart, so we got to be be smart and you know follow runners and not be diving in too much. There's a little bit of added motivation being a U.S. against Mexico kind of. It's always, whenever these games are played, it's always uh, a chippy affair to say the least. And uh, you know, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't suspect anything, expect anything else
2: uh, on Sunday. You're still in the running for five trophies this year. How exciting is that for the team? And is there, you know, kind of any more focus put on certain ones and other ones, or not really?
9: I mean, we're like I just said a minute ago. You know, I'm worried about it Sunday night. I'm not looking down the road
2: to anything else. Um, Sunday's the most important game for us right now. Again, that was the, the Revolution captain, Steve Ralston, who's leading the team with six goals this year. Uh, also leads the league in game-winning goals and game-winning assists. So uh, certainly his contributions this year have been crucial to the team's success. Um, but as you mentioned against Santos Laguna, should be a very interesting matchup. Uh, Santos Laguna does have one, uh, actually, American citizen on the team, uh, Edgar Castillo, who had the option of either playing for the U.S. national team or the Mexican national team. I believe Mexico offered him uh, a chance to play first, uh, so he took that opportunity and chose to play for Mexico, uh, doing very good for Santos Laguna, plays at left back, uh, certainly a player to watch, very creative getting forward. Uh, both of their two outside fullbacks are very creative getting forward and very good uh, going into the attack, and they rely a lot of their attack on that. Uh, from what we found out about this team, so that should be something to watch for tonight, uh, seeing how Santos Laguna attacks down the wings. Um, there was one other news thing I should mention about the Revs this week, uh, and that's that uh, Brandon Manzanelli, uh, who played for the Revs as a substitute on Tuesday, went down and actually played for the U.S. Under-20 Men's National Team a couple days ago uh, against Mexico. He tallied two assists in that game, both of them off corner kicks. He started that match. Um, but he was ejected in the 66th minute, along with another another player. So that's not something that's going to help him uh, stay with the under 20 team there. Uh, so he's going to have to watch that, watch out for that in the future. But certainly two assists there, uh, not not a bad debut in that sense. Uh, then the ejection, I would say, would uh, just about ruin ruin what 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 could have been a good debut for him. Um, again, the uh, Santos Laguna game tonight kicks off at 8 o'clock. Uh, that's on channel 66 if you're getting it off air on Telefutura. Um, I should also mention that you can get it uh, live um, on MLSnet.com with the English language broadcast if you can't pick it up on TV. I believe RevolutionSoccer.net is also doing a radio broadcast too uh, if you don't have the bandwidth to handle the MLSnet video broadcast. So lots of options to see the game tonight or hear the game tonight if you're not going to be at the stadium. Uh, but again, it should be a great atmosphere. It should be a great game. Uh, tonight at 8 o'clock against Santos Laguna. Um, and then of course on Wednesday at 8 o'clock as well. Same, uh, situation with the radio and television broadcast. Uh, that game at 8 o'clock against Pachuca. So two big games for the Revs coming up. Uh, and then of course the Open Cup, uh, game kicking off on Tuesday next week. That should be interesting, very interesting as well as the Revs take on DC United. Interesting to see what kind of lineup they play. Um, again, uh, this show, you can get the archives at revolutionrecap.com, any of the archives of the past shows. Make sure to check out the Revolution Recap blog at blog.revolutionrecap.com. Uh, if you have any questions, please send them to revolutionrecap at gmail.com. Uh, we are going to leave you with a, uh Elvis remix song here uh, as you walk into the stadium or uh, as you're cutting over your TV to turn on the, uh, the game there. Uh, and we will be back next week and we'll do it live! Listening to Revolution Recap on AM 1380 WNRI. Uh, again, you can check out more information on the show on revolutionrecap.com. Get the archives, find out about the upcoming shows, uh, and make sure to check out blog.revolutionrecap.com for the latest Revs news. Uh, again, we are going to be back next week, um, and as I've said, uh, look forward to the show next week. And good luck to the Revs tonight.